Welcome back to the Do Your Homework podcast. Uh, we got a special World Cup themed episode for you guys today. How are you doing, Josh? Good. Good? That's it? That's all you got for us today? Just good? I don't know, man. I'm kind of I'm kind of nervous leading up to this World Cup. Yeah? We'll Jake, how are you feeling? I'm pretty good. I'm getting ready to... Getting ready to get in bed and watch a good movie tonight. All right. So the first topic we're going to be talking about here is we've all been talking about it. We've all seen the tweets about different players getting hurt and everything um, leading up to the World Cup. I have a list of the names here. So and some of these guys, it's like they might miss it. I left. Josh, do you is Alfonso Davis for sure out or so? He might miss the first couple of games, but I think pretty much he, he might be out. He might be out. I, Damn. I, I don't know if I don't know if he's gonna force it. Alright, so hopefully he's not, but we've got Reese James, Diogo Jota, Pedro Neto, Jesus Corona, Ben Chilwell, Son Hoang Min, Lukaku, Dabala, Kyle Walker, Calvin Phillips, Ronald Arroyo. Just a long, and that's, I think I'm still missing a couple of guys who are on the edge, but it's a pretty long list of kind of important players. And I feel like usually, like, it's not, obviously World Cup, or injuries happen before the World Cup, but if you're getting hurt during your club season in a traditional World Cup here, let's say you, you got hurt in May, you have maybe a month, month and a half before the World Cup kicks off to, to hopefully recover. So it feels like, I don't know, man. Like, what do you guys think about that? No, yeah, that, that no, that's the point. Is like usually people miss the World Cup because of like a fluky injury or like something long term. But now all of a sudden, yeah. when Davies picks up a muscle injury and the physio says he's out for two weeks, he might all of a sudden miss a World Cup instead of the DFK poke all. So it's <laughs> it's it's a lot tougher for for these players to have to deal with that stuff. Yeah. I just don't enjoy that, like, FIFA, have you guys not realized less games is better for the players? Like, why are we trying to cram in 20,000 games in such a short period of time? Like, obviously, injuries are going to pick up. Either set something up with the European leagues or the other leagues to say, okay, this date, we take a break for a month for the World Cup, and then we'll, get, we'll pick things back up after now players are missing the World Cup for little knick-knack injuries that are like 10 days. They'll probably be out with their clubs for a week, and then now they're missing the World Cup just because, oh, I tweaked my hamstring, right? Right, bro. Got a little chest it's, contusion. It's just could you, imagine you miss the World Cup because some guy from Southampton just clattered into you in a Premier League game why, on a why, Wednesday. Why, why, why I got to be Southampton, <laughs> bro? <laughs> my bad. South Africa is just on my mind because y'all fired your coach finally. But, I mean, no. <laughs> that we can talk about that. We'll yeah, talk about another that day. another time. But the the crazy thing to me about this is, like, when, when they first announced the World Cup would be in, in the winter, we kind of thought, like, yeah, that's weird, but they'll do it better. Dudes are literally playing, like, club games. Like, I think it's a, a week, some less than a week before the World Cup kicks off. Yeah, and you have guys like Messi who are like putting stuff in their contract that like I'm done playing by this date, which is smart, but not a lot of people have the clout Messi has to be able to do something like that. Ben Chilwell didn't. There was a mm. there was a leaked footage today that um 
Ben Chua was wearing a bandage a day before they played against whatever team he re-injured himself again. Dinamo Zagreb. Um, yeah, I think it was. I think it was a Zagreb game. He was wearing a bandage on his leg the day before, and he still played like the whole game, I think, and got hurt again afterwards. So that's bad. And it feels like too, like it's like almost like a perfect storm, because like the last year and a half, two years, this schedule has been insane because of COVID. Like they packed in so many games into one, and then on top of that, FIFA made the decision a long time ago to have the World Cup in Qatar, which meant doing it in the winter. So it's like this perfect storm of like unfortunate events to where guys are already likely to get hurt at this point of a normal season. Then you combine some of these guys have been playing, what, like 80 games over the last year and a half, two years in that yeah. space. That, so I don't remember, know. You had Euros not too long ago, Copa America as well. Then yep. isn't, isn't the FIFA Club World Cup this upcoming summer as well? So, yeah. It's going to yeah. It's going to take a toll on this place. And you had Nations League on top of it, too. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, you got Nations League. So Then you had shortened schedules for all the all the uh, leagues. Yeah. UEFA was trying to add extra European competitions to make sure the 10th place in the Premier League is playing <laughs> in the, the second European, yeah. in a European conference league, too. Yeah, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's actually, like, it's wild. Everything. Everything's about money now. It's not about the enjoyment of the sport. Now I sound like a British fan, bro. That's <laughs> true, bro. They're actually they're actually treating them like what my schedule used to look like when I was fifteen. Like, <laughs> like they got a high school soccer season where you play three, where you play two or three games a week. Yep. You gotta you gotta do school on top of it. Uh, you don't get very much sleep, and then at the oh, and then. You know, at the end of the season, there's a big tournament that you got to play in, and then it's club season after that. You get a week off, and hey, let's mm-hmm. let's go do club. And then and then it's Christmas. You get to celebrate for a little while, and then guess what? It's springtime. Yeah, man. I don't know. It's it also calls the question. So, like, obviously, if you make the decision to like no longer ever have a winter World Cup. We'll see how it turns out. Maybe we all see and we're like, yo, that was the best idea ever. I doubt it, especially as an Arsenal fan. I'm a little worried because that was my other question for you guys too is, do you think like the state of, like what we see now, like there's, I feel like there's a lot of surprising teams who are doing really well. Do you think something like the World Cup is like the worst thing that could happen to like a team like Arsenal who's finally seen like they figured it out and now you just stop playing for what, two months? Um, all right, maybe less than two months, like a month and a half. You guys think that will affect the quality of that, or like, not really? I, it doesn't matter. I expect the I expect us to see some bumps and bruises in the second half of the season, and that's just because the, those players are going to be tired, especially the ones that go far in the World Cup. You know, they play for the best teams, so you know there's going to yeah. be a lot of injuries coming back. So, for example, a team like Napoli, they're happy that they get a little two 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 month break. They're gonna mm, come they back and, yeah. and they're gonna oh, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna take take the reins over and say yeah but for a team like Arsenal who they don't have the size of a roster like Man City does, 
they're definitely going to feel the effects of of the World Cup. I think I think yeah. if we talk specifically just about Arsenal. I think this is gonna it will definitely hurt Arsenal specifically just because you look at that Arsenal starting eleven. Arsenal haven't played a very deep squad this year. I don't think anyone like I don't think I can nah. I don't even Europa League they're like playing that. a lot of the same guys. Exactly. So like they're pretty like that starting it's like that starting eleven it's, is pretty set in stone, and most of those guys will be at the World Cup, right? Obviously, there's a few exceptions, but a lot of them will be at the World Cup and will be pretty important for their countries. Yeah. You look at a lot of the other teams in the Premier League, and it's like Brentford, they get two months off. You know what I mean? Minus maybe a few, like a handful of guys, because they have so many Danish guys or whatever. But then, like, you look at, like, Wolves and, like, all these other clubs, they get two months off. So all of a sudden, you have Arsenal, who are so dependent on, like, those, like, those, basically those 11 guys, maybe 14. Yeah. And then they have to come back and play against some of the lower Premier League teams who are already really good. But, you know, a lot of those guys might not be at the World Cup just because they're not good enough to make their country. And, so then, what you're... and, then, and then there's City who have 26 players that they depend on. So that's also a big difference. So would you say it's appropriate to say if you're not able to, whatever your country is, if you're not able to host a Summer World Cup, you're out of contention from hosting the World Cup in general, or is that like too extreme of a measure to take? Because I, I felt like if they would have been thinking that way, they would have never given it to Qatar, because they would have went nah. Like, because I thought when they said Qatar, my thought for it was they would make them build like indoor stadiums. I don't know if that was something they considered or whatever, but it feels like for FIFA, the outcry and everything that's surrounding this you kind of can't do that again. Or do you think I'm like reaching like? I think we'll have to just see, but I think like, as of right now, I think everybody kind of knows that this is going to be the worst, the worst world cup probably of our lifetime. And those are basically the expectations that it has. So is this, is this a Mickey? Is this a Mickey ring? For whoever this, wins it? This, this might be the bubble. Honestly. Yeah. Like, I think this is the LeBron bubble. Cause it definitely counts, but it's like, it's a, it's definitely, there's a bit of, there's probably a bit of an asterisk on it where it's like. France's entire midfield is missing. You could almost, <laughs> but like, it's almost. Bro, that, their whole back It's almost too. that weird thing. Yeah. It's almost that weird thing where like, I honestly think that some people are like, is this a, you know, like, is the Lakers ring real? I low think in a weird way, it was a harder ring to win. And I think that this World Cup in a weird way might actually be harder to win as well. I don't know, man. Cause like with the the bubble was different because it was it was that was just pure basketball. Everyone was healthy. The only people that didn't go are like one or two players who just didn't want to do it. But for this, you have you have a country like France, like Josh was just saying, their back line is missing. Their I think their best goalkeeper at the moment he's not going. They were never going to play him over Yuris, whatever. But and then their midfield like Pogba and Conte who've been the staple of your midfield for the last decade, they're missing. So now all of a sudden you go from France, who were one of the favorites, to they're going to have to rely on Tushmany and Kamavinga. Are either of them 21 yet? Even? Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. But, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, experience on the on that international stage. Because that was the thing. You were like, dang, France has been here. They've done it before. All of a sudden it's like Mbappe might be your most experienced starter. And it and that experience shows when they played in Nations League, they almost got relegated to to the the B tier. Cause yeah, so in, not internationally, yeah. they, 
Bro, I might have to you watch don't have that much experience. play a game without Alfonso Davies, man. I'm not I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm not crying for France. I'm just gonna be honest. That's like, fair. There's a lot of other countries. It could be worse. Like, like it could be worse, man. They're not in the ghettos. No. Like some of these countries are, are edging to the ghettos. Yeah. Like it's like France. Oh no, they might have to they might have to call up Griezmann who won the silver ball last tournament. Griezmann's cheeks, by the way. I Yeah, but you know what I mean. We should say that. He's had a fantastic career, but he's he's no longer that. But actually, you know what? Since since Atletico stopped trying to cheat Barcelona out of that transfer fee, they've been giving him minutes again and he's actually looked pretty decent recently. You know so. you know Griezmann's fall off was just simply because of career choices. That's it. If you pick the better yeah. place to go, I'd still think he'd be one of the better players around. I knew I knew something was up with that man mentally when he was like, "Why am I not winning the Ballon d'Or? I won the Europa League, and that was immediately there. I was like, "All right, <laughs> that's what if you have to if that's one of your ca- like candidacy points for the Ballon d'Or is you won the Europa League. I'm not listening to you." Yeah, for me, he kind of had his own little like Kyler Murray moment when he did like the take the L dance. So like I don't know like there, he he just gives me like Kyler Murray vibes, so yeah. And he, shout he, out, he's talented. Super shout out talented. to the funniest Halloween costume ever. <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> if you guys don't know the costume, just Google Antoine Griezmann yeah, Halloween yeah. costume. If you don't laugh, I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with you. And the thing is, that was so unintentional. I don't. I don't think he meant that in a bad way. No, he didn't. He loves the NBA. He's always at yeah. games and stuff. So, <laughs> if you don't know, whatever you think it is, I bet you 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 won't guess. Like, cause unless you've seen it before, you won't you won't know what to expect. You're gonna be completely surprised. But yeah, I mean, we'll see how this World Cup goes. Maybe Griezmann will will run it back. Hopefully, hopefully, what I'm what I'm praying for is no more. Because there's still a few guys you could go down. Like, I don't know. I get nervous. There's only one round of games left for the Premier League, I think. And even then, like, you never know. Because all it takes is, like Jake was saying, someone pulls a muscle, a bad tackle. Anything could happen at this point. So I'm hoping the list is already bad enough. I hope it doesn't get worse. Don't bet on Me- Senegal. Cool Bali's going down. Sorry, guys. I'm spoiling it for you. <laughs> Whoa. Me- me, I, I don't care about the big teams. It's my, it's my small, mighty nations that could give us a good story exactly. in the World Cup. I'm praying for. So the Irans, the South Koreas, Japan's, Tunisia, Morocco, all my African and Asian countries. I'm praying for you guys because I want you guys to do good at this World Cup. That's a, that's a, that's a perfect segue. Actually, we'll end this topic there. The next one we'll talk about is some of the storylines we're looking forward to in this in this next World Cup. <laughs>